0: it's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Matthew chapter 15 this morning, we began looking a little bit about worship from our hearts, developing a heart for worship last week. This is such an important subject, something that That really, every believer really needs to explore for themselves, And every every believer needs to develop a heart of worship toward the Lord. Actually, when it comes to worship, there should be no no one else that you worship. You say, I love my wife so much, I just worship her. Don't do that. That, She's not worthy of it. You may have a good wife, but she ain't worthy of worship. Amen. You can praise her. For all the good things she does, but they say, "Well, I've got a, I've got a, uh, uh, I got a good hunting dog. I worship that dog. Well, don't worship that dog, because lit- literally, worship unlocks the provision of God to the believer. Everything you have received in your life is a result of two things: your faith and your worship. Because your faith should inspire your worship, and as you learn to actually worship God, then literally you'll see that once faith is released, all you have left to do is worship." It actually worship, worship takes place in between the place in which you believe you receive and you shall have it. That's where your worship takes place. So there's a couple of things. I just wanted to read it out of my notes and then we'll pick up it in Matthew 15 here. It's more than just the slow song. Amen. But it can be the slow song if your heart is right. We saw in Matthew chapter nine, don't turn there, we're in verse in chapter 15, but in chapter nine, uh, Jairus came to Jesus his daughter had died the Bible says at the point of death other translations said she had died and he came in worship listen worship makes you transparent and vulnerable I mean God can see right through you you can't have no fake worship it either is or it ain't amen and you just think about a man like Jairus who left his house and they were probably already declaring his daughter dead what would he have done to get his daughter raised from the dead anything anything You say, what do you mean by that? In our worship, we should become vulnerable to the point that God knows in our heart that we're willing to do anything for him. You say, what if he says, go to Africa? Go to Africa. What if he says, go to South America? Go to South America. What if he says, go next door and bless your neighbor? Go next door and bless your neighbor. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Matthew, uh, Matthew 20, 22, we looked about, looked at how the, 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 all of the law of God, all the, all the uh, word of God hangs on the two principles of loving God. Everybody say loving God. Loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and then loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, I know, I know a lot of people don't like the third week of every, of every uh, month because it's Mission Sunday. They just don't like two offerings. But let me tell you, if you'll get a perspective on how God does things and why God does things, you'll understand that that extra offering we take every month is the way that we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Man, I remember uh, several years ago, we were believing God to give $50,000 in missions giving. I mean, that was that was just a mountain of money to us. And you know, that year we did and we were so thankful. The next year we believed God to give 100,000. We came up short, we gave 88,000 that year. But the next year we gave 1,000, we gave $100,050. Isn't that great? The next year after that, we gave $338,000. And the year after that, we gave $567,000. You say, what does it mean? It gets bigger. The more you worship God, the more you do the... You say, what do you mean? Worship requires three things. Number one, love. Everybody say love. Number two, obedience. Everybody say obedience. Number three, sacrifice. So you take all that money that's been given in the past few years. Actually, I did the numbers. This is our seventh year in our building program. We've given, in our missions giving, $1,337,000. That's a sacrifice, church. That could be in steel, that that could be in dirt work, that could be in cement, that could be in all, but it's not, it's out in the field where it's gonna grow and become more than enough than we need to build that building. Come on, I ought to get a better amen than that. The Bible says in Proverbs, these three things, this is why worship is so important. If you have a hard time trusting God, that's why you need to trust. That's why you need to worship. Worship will help you to trust the Lord. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. So many times it's when we lean to our own understanding, it robs us of our worship and robs us of God's provision in our life. Amen? Uh, you, can, you can sing a worship song in a worship service and your heart not be in it. The proof of your worship is what you receive. Now, if you think I'm not receiving anything from God, I'm not encouraged, I'm not blessed financially, I'm not healed in my body, I'm not active in the kingdom, I'm just, I'm just frustrated with all this, then literally the examination doesn't need to be of God. It needs to be of yourself. And here's where we begin to examine ourselves. First of all, when it comes to our love walk. Now, let me just say this. You can't be offended. You can't be bitter. And you can't have unforgiveness in you if you want to receive from God. Let me say it again. You can't be offended. You can't be bitter. And you can't have unforgiveness unforgiveness in you. Now, there's always someone that's going to say, well, Pastor, you don't know what they've done to me. Well, well, listen, you don't know what they've done to me, (laughs) whoever they is. Amen? But no matter who the they is in your life, you've got to make a decision. I'm going to be forgiving. I'm going to walk in love. I'm, going to, I'm not going to get bitter because it will hinder your worship. Mm-mm-mm. Secondly, you got to check up on your faith. That's your obedience. Are you doing what God tells you to do? God's instructions are very easy. They come in the Word of God. They're all through the Word of God. You study the Word of God. You see it in the Word of God. You just obey it. You see it in the Word of God. You just obey it. You see it in the Word of God. You just obey it. Then as you do that, God trains you to be able to hear His voice so that you can hear His voice and obey Him. I remember when I first began to hear God's voice, when it came to obedience, it startled me. Actually, for lack of a better term, it scared me. Because God will never tell you to do anything that you can do. He'll always tell you to do stuff you can't do. Amen. And I'm telling you, I, I, was, I needed to hear from God. I was in financial straits. I was a Bible school student. I had over $5,000 in debt. And I'm telling you, back in 1984, $5,000 was a mountain of money to me. It was a mountain of money. I had no job. I was a student. But listen, I was studying the Word of God. I was obeying everything I knew to do. I was tithing. I was offering. I was coming home. I was studying. I, if, I, if I had a little job to do, I, I remember I built a fence. I remember I trimmed some trees. I was doing anything I could do. And then, then some, some doors began to open for me to share my testimony with the full gospel minister. And they gave big offerings, big offerings. I think the largest I got was 100 $100. <laughs> Amen. Not, not to, not to, you know, be discouraging, but they just didn't. They just didn't. They spent all their money on the banquet. Amen. Not on the speaker. And then I remember the first, uh, the first uh, 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 revival I preached. Uh, I preached from a from a Sunday through a Friday, and I got a check for nine hundred and fifty dollars. I thought, Oh my Lord, I, I've I've made it. I'm at the top. But it's only nine hundred and fifty dollars. Then the Lord spoke to me, and He said, "Well, you earned that. You earned that." But now if you'll take and tithe on it and sow on it, I'll bless you. Now, the first time anybody ever walked up to me and pulled a check out of their pocket and said, here you go. I hadn't done nothing. I hadn't built their fence. I hadn't preached in their church. I hadn't done anything. They just gave me money. First check I ever got was for $1,000. It freaked me out. I was like, oh, my God, $1,000 for what? Uh, We just want to bless you. The Lord spoke to us and said, we want to sow this into your ministry. And I was like this, oh, no, no, I, I can't take that from you. And they were like, take it. I was like, okay, see, the Lord had spoke to them. And then over the years, God speaks to us different things have to do with finances, have to do with our own health. I mean, want to live healthy? Let God into your refrigerator. Amen. You'll live healthy if you let them into your refrigerator. Glory to God. And then all the other things he tells us to do, that's obedience. So check up on your faith. Amen. Then your consecration. That's where sacrifice is in your consecration. When Lee and I got married, we consecrated ourselves to do the the will of God no matter what the cost was. And for us, the cost was high. Uh, for years, uh, I, I was away from her. Not, not years at a time, but I'd be gone a week, home a week. Gone three weeks, home three days. Gone two weeks, home a week. Gone a week, home a week. We measured it out after about 10 or ten years or more, and I'd been gone almost seven years. See, I had to leave her at home, a new wife. She dealt with things that I didn't know about till later. She had to deal with fear. It took her a couple of years to deal with fear in her life. Our family is a wonderful, benevolent family, and my mom and dad and, and Alan and Pat both were like, Leah, if Rusty's gone, you come stay with us. You she never took them up on it because she was in a battle. She was in a fight to, to get fear out of her life, and it was a sacrifice, me knowing that to be gone and knowing my wife's at home fighting a demon of fear, trying to get that fear out of her life. But that's the only way it could happen. It happened through sacrifice. We've sacrificed enormous amounts of money in our life. There have been times we've thought, Lord, why? Why us? Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to give this amount of money? Why do we have to give this offering back? We did not recognize and realize it was part of our consecration to the Lord. And God was training us in obedience through our consecration. Because only out of your love, your obedience, and your consecration can come true worship. Amen. Now go back. Let's go back. We we left, we left off in this last week, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss it. Before we go over to Second Chronicles, I want to. I want you to see this because we've taught on this before. But it, it, the, the repetition of it always bears repeating because these scriptures are worthy. Amen. To hear over and over and over again that helps us. Now this is the story of the of the of the Syrophoenician woman, the woman that was estranged from the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, it talks about you know how uh, uh, she came to Jesus. She had this horrible problem in her life. Her her daughter was vexed or possessed by a devil. Now I don't know if you've, know if you've ever seen anybody possessed by a devil. That's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing to see somebody that has lost their control over their life and another entity has come in and put it over, other than people that are full of the Holy Ghost. Say, are you possessed? I am possessed, honey. There's one living in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. But I'm telling you, when a devil gets a hold of you, he wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to mess up your life. Could you imagine what must have been going on in her household? I'm telling you, it was probably just total anarchy. And she needed her daughter to be delivered from a devil. Are you with me? So she came to Jesus, and the first thing that happened, you know the first thing that happened, the Bible says, he didn't answer a word. He didn't say nothing. You ever felt like that? Man, I came to church. I needed an answer from God. I didn't hear nothing. Nobody said anything. Preacher got up and preached. I didn't even know what he said. They sang songs. I don't know what they said. Well, there'll be times in your life when information doesn't seem to be flowing, but just hang around. Amen? Then Jesus finally said something. Listen to what he says. He says, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, she had to determine in her mind, what is this statement? Remember Mary, when, when that angel came to Mary and said, hail thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thee among them. The Bible says she cast in her mind what kind of salutation this should be. Actually, the, the scripture actually says it like this. She was troubled at his saying. She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. I'm telling you, there are scriptures in the Bible that you'll be troubled at their saying. You think, what in the world is this telling me to do? You mean I'm supposed to give away 10% of my money? I need money. Somebody say, I need money. And the Bible's telling me that my answer is not to gather up every little dime I can get, scrape every little penny I can find, go around and pick up uh, aluminum cans. My answer is to give it away. That's your answer. That's your answer. Many of the answers of God sound abstract against the darkness of your situation. But you've got to make a decision to obey the word of God. Now this woman, she's standing there with this desperate need. She's desperate and Jesus says, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Did she know what that meant? No, she did not know what that meant. But now notice, notice what happens. Verse 25 says, Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. She worshipped him. She worshipped him. She worshipped him. She was vulnerable. She was transparent. What would she do to get her daughter delivered? Anything. Anything. Now, let me say this. This will help you. She's worshipping before her answer. Now let me try that again because that's so simple we miss it many times. She's worshiping before her answer. We'll say it one more time so you'll get it. She's worshiping before her answer. Everybody say it with me. She's worshiping before her answer. Now say it like this, I will worship before my answer. (laughs) Say it again, I will worship before my answer, say it one more time, I will worship before my answer. Her answer hadn't come. Her daughter's still vexed with the devil. There's still this situation in her life, but she is worshiping God. Amen? Now, here comes her answer. Are you ready? Here comes the answer. Here's the answer. But he answered. i say answered. So that's the answer. And let's try it again. But he answered. Everybody say he answered. Let's take the he out. Let's take the he out. Let's put it. Like, let's say it like. but Jesus answered. But Jesus answered. But Jesus answered. Oh, you're missing it. But he answered after she worshiped. He answered after she worshiped. He answered after she worshiped. He answered. Is what he says. It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Huh. Let's read it in the Amplified. Maybe it's better than that. It is not right, proper, becoming, or fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now that's my answer? You mean I've come all this way. I've, I've humbled myself. I've obeyed, I've sacrificed, and my answer is it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now see, if you're leaning to your own understanding, what do we say? Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own. If you're leaning unto your own understanding, you're done. I ain't coming to that church no more. I ain't getting around that people no more. I don't care who Jesus is, what he does. Honey, he can walk on water, cast out devils, raise the dead, feed thousands of people with just two McDonald's hamburgers. does not matter to me. I'm out of here. Did he call me a dog? Now, see, you got to get this. This is so simple. We miss it. But Jesus answered and said, here's your answer. But she had what? She had worshiped. You have worshiped. Here's your answer. You have worshiped. Here's your answer. So what worship did for her was to put her on the receiving channel. Got her off the doubt channel. Got her off the unbelief channel. Got her off the religious channel. Got her off the prejudice channel. Got her off the racial channel. Got her off the geographical location channel. Got her off all the different covenants that were going on during the day. Got her off of that channel. And got her on. My ear is now tuned. Whatever I hear from him. That will be my answer. Yes, amen, amen. Amen. My answer. To what? To what? That will be my answer to getting my daughter delivered from a demon. That will be my answer. So I've worshiped, and I'm on the right. Now my, my ears, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. What is my answer? What is my answer? It is not meat to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Glory to God. She's on the right What? Right frequency, the right channel. She's on the right one. Why? Worship puts you there every time. Worship puts you there every time. Worship puts you there every time. So she, listen to her response. You can tell she's on the right channel. She said, truth. Everybody say truth. Truth, "Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Everybody say "Bingo." bingo. You got it. You got your answer. He said, but he answered. Are you with me? But he answered and said, he said it, then she said, that's the truth. That's my truth. My facts are daughters possessed by the devil. Truth is, even the little dogs. There's my answer. Even the little dogs. Either the crumb. All I need is a crumb. Yeah. If I can get a crumb that falls from the master's table, I can get my daughter delivered from a devil. Yeah. What put her there? What put her in that position? Worship put her in that position. Yeah. Well, the other day I was, <laughs> it's always funny sometimes to see what people's opinion of the way you believe is. So I was looking on some things on the internet the, 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 uh had to do with faith and people teaching faith. I saw a message on there from A.A. Allen. I was inter- interested in A.A. Allen because he preached a great meeting here back in 1955 that began really one of the first moves of God on Galveston Island. So I saw that, saw a Jack Cole uh, 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 deal in which Jack Cole was up and preaching, powerful message that he preached. And then there was a little deal there, and it said this. It said, the reptilian people, and I thought, what are reptilian people? Y'all know what a reptile is—is a snake or a or a or a, or a deer. So I pushed it, and it was Brother Hagen, Kenneth e. Hagen, and they, they, this this website was claiming that he's a a reptilian creature that came up out of the earth to deceive God's people. And they proved it because they had a video of him in which he was licking his lips. He's, he's he had a dry mouth, and he's licking his lips, and he's and he's going. S-s-s-s. He used to get. Uh, we used to call him a steam engine. When the morning would come on, he'd start going. Now, y'all remember that? That we're in his meetings. They said, "See, he hisses like a snake, and he's got a he's got a tongue like a snake. He's a reptilian." I thought, what kind of mentality? Because he's preached more answers than probably anybody in our generation. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, you've got to make a decision to look past all the other fluff, all the other things that go on, and just take God at his word. Simple, period. Take God, if it says by his stripes you're healed, bless God I'm healed. But the doctor says, that's fine. But your body says, okay. Uh, But your prescriptions say, all right. But the treatment says, that's okay. But I take God at his word by his stripes. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. Now, you can worship God on that. You can put your hands up, begin to worship Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Begin to thank God for your healing covenant. Begin to thank God. is not something God's going to give you. He's something God's already given you through the work of Jesus Christ. You can thank Jesus that he's your healer. You can thank the Holy Ghost that he's doing the work. Come on, church. You can worship God. You can worship God. You can worship God. You can do that over your finances as we taught on Wednesday night. You've got to do it day after day after day after day. You say, why? Because your problem is with with you and working on you day after day after day after day. I gave that testimony on Wednesday night of, of the lady that was healed of cancer, four corners of her liver. And they'd given up on her, 32 years old. That's young. That's young, amen. You that aren't 32 yet, five years, one day you'll look back and say, that's young, amen. And they'd given her up to die. No more chemo, no more radio. You're done. You're gone. Nothing we can do. Well, she went to a meeting. And bless God, the person that was teaching the meeting, preaching the meeting, had a great healing ministry. But he did not minister healing to her. He got her up on the platform, and he began to teach her how to receive her healing. Because when a great gift is in operation, you may or may not get healed. If you could have been in a Katherine Kuhlman meeting, or an Oral Roberts meeting, or Benny Hinn's meeting, you may get healed, but you may not get healed. You may get healed, but you may not get healed. You may get healed, but you may not get. Healed. But this, you'll get every time. Every time it works, foolproof, 100 percent of the time. It never fails. It never so he taught this woman he said you get this word you get these scriptures you get these healing scriptures and every day you say and then you worship you say by his stripes I'm healed I worship you father I thank you that I'm healed and then you say it and then you worship then you say it then you speak to the cancer and you say cancer you're a devil you're a demon you're a liar and you'll not stay in my body in the name of Jesus get out of my body then you worship God and you thank God she did that 12 months two hours every night they wore a hole in their carpet. 740 trips around the table in two hours. In the eighth month she said, my body began to change. In the twelfth month, she went back to the doctor. The doctor said, you got a brand new liver. Yes. Not only that, the doctor said she couldn't have children and this uh, uh, person that was teaching the word of faith, he said, she came back to the camp meeting two years later and said look up at our little baby, our little baby girl brand new baby girl and I've got a brand new liver. Came back three years later and had a baby girl and a baby boy and a brand new liver. You say, well, I don't have time for that. Then you'll die. I don't have the time for that. Then you'll go broke. You do have time to worship God. God. Start where you're at. You don't have to do it two hours. Start where you're at. Begin every day to thank God for your financial blessing. Begin every day to thank God for your healing. Begin every day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. See, your financial problem is getting worse every day. So you got to apply the word to it every day. The Bible says the outer man perishes, but the inner man is renewed with Day by day by day. Cancer eats on your body every day. Every day. So what do you do? Every day. Thank you, Father. By his stripes of you. See, people always want to take some time off. Let me take some time off. I guarantee you, when you take time off from God, that's when the devil catches up with you. Have you noticed he don't quit when you take time off? You go to the go to the devil and say, Now, Mr. Devil, I know you're attacking my body, you're attacking my family, attacking my children, attacking my finances. But you know, I'm gonna take some time off, so why don't you just cool it for a few days? Brother, he'll ramp it up on you in every way that he can, and try to destroy your life because he knows you've backed off from God. But if you'll make a decision, I am not going to quit. I'm going to worship God. I have believed I receive. I shall have it. And in between the time, I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship. I guarantee you, your answer will come in Jesus' name. Now, now go real quick. I got a couple of minutes. Go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Now, the children of Israel, they, they, they got attacked by a bunch of heathen nations, which shows us that we are subject to attack. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen. But thank God we have victory. It says in verse 1, it came to pass. Aren't you glad it comes to pass? So, you know what you're going through, it comes to pass. Some of y'all should have shouted on that one, but that's all right. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them, others besides, the Amorites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came, and there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying there cometh a great multitude. Everybody say a great multitude. You ever thought that all kinds, say, man, there's all kinds of devils messing with my life. You ever thought that? Great multitude. Everybody say great multitude. The great multitude came against them from beyond the sea. Now on this side of Syria, And behold, uh, they be in Hezron Tamar, which is in Gadi. Jehoshaphat feared. Everybody say feared. Now I'm telling you, church, there are things that will happen in your life that will just cause you to be afraid. Man, there's power in words. You get a bad doctor's report, you get a bad uh, lawyer's report, a bad banker's report. I'm telling you, it will cause fear to rise up in you. But now notice, he did the right thing. He set himself to seek the Lord. Now, let me say that. You must set yourself to seek the Lord. What are you going to do if God doesn't do something? Now, think about that a minute. What are you going to do if God doesn't do something? Most of you would determine God's going to have to do something. Everyone say, God's going to have to do something. God's going to have to do something. So he set himself To seek the Lord, that's obedience, and proclaim to fast, that's sacrifice. That means I'm not eating. Everybody say, I'm not eating. He said, I'm going to fast. Not only that, I'm the king. So that means nobody's going to eat. Literally, that's what he did. He said, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help, everybody say, ask help, of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and said, everybody said it. said. You must say, you've got to give the Holy Ghost some words to work with. Let me try that again. You've got to give the Holy Ghost some words to work with. You've got to say what God says. Listen, people always, I don't know why, they just think, you know, it's been so ridiculed in Christianity Confession has been so ridiculed. It's amazing. Major ministries can teach the right thing and some little minor ministry will get in the ditch somewhere and everybody will pick that up and just use it to persecute the whole body of Christ. That's not right. You would not be saved if it was not for confession. Let me say that again. The law of confession is what took the word of God And its provision and all that Jesus has done for you and brought it out of the unseen realm into your life. You, at one time, if you're born again, you had to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. You've got to say. You've got to speak. Some of you have mountains. You need to speak to your mountains. Some of you have giants. You need to speak to your giants. You must say. Everybody say, I'm going to say. He says, He said, Oh Lord. God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest thou not over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art thou not our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of the land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil evil cometh upon us as the sword, our judgment, our pestilence, our famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house. Did you know you bear the name of Jesus? Let me try that again. Did you know you bear the name of Jesus? You are a bearer of the name of Jesus. His name is in your house. 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 I mean, I've prayed prayers like this before. God, I'm not going to fail at this. I'm not going to fail. I bear your name. If this fails, you get embarrassed. If this doesn't work, I'm going to get up and tell everybody it didn't work. I've never had to do that in 33 years of ministry. You say, why? Because it works. I said, it works. His name is upon you. He cares more about his name being upon you. He wants to justify his name. He wants to vindicate his name. He wants to glorify his name in your life. Say, his name name is is in my house. And we cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt, I love this, thou wilt hear and help. Sometimes you just got to go to God and say, Lord, are you hearing? I know you are. I have faith. You said, come boldly before the throne of grace. I know my words touch the natural and the spirit realm. So I know you are hearing. So my help is coming. I know you are hearing. So my help is coming. I know you are hearing. So my help is coming. You say, why are you telling us all this? It's so simple. It's so simple. Now, mm, this is one of the things I think we've prayed over more than anything else. Because it's been the number one thing that has brought the real move of God that we saw in the late 80s and into the 90s to a screeching halt. And we've prayed over this. You can ask my wife. We pray over this constantly. Apathy, complacency. We bind it. We speak to it. We call it what it is. And we say, you cannot be in this church in Jesus' name. You're not going to be in our lives. You're not going to be in this church In the name of Jesus, you say, well, that might drive people out. It probably has. You say, why? Because God doesn't bless lazy. God doesn't bless lazy. He expects you to serve him. He expects you to be a 24-7 Christian. He expects you to be on fire for him. He expects there to be some zeal on the inside of you. And listen, people come into churches like this, and they just got this eminent and complacent, well, praise the Lord, you know, never know what the Lord will do. That's a sign of unbelief right there. Another sign of them, well, God can do anything. <laughs> well, then, what is anything? What is your anything? Amen? You've got to set yourself to seek the Lord, and you've got to be faithful to understand He's going to hear and He's going to help. Everybody say, He's going to hear? He's going to help. Now, listen, it says in Isaiah 43, it's a good scripture. You don't have to turn there. It says, God, God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He says, Put me in remembrance. Declare thou that they mayest be justified. What's he talking about? He's talking about taking the word of God and just keeping it up. Here it is, Lord. Here's what your word says. Here's what your word says. Here's what your, you said by your stripes I'm here. You said you delivered me from the power of God. You said the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets me free from the law of sin. You said the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. You said, you said, you said, you, said. you gotta continually do that. You're not doing that because you gotta forgetful God. You're doing that because you're in a warfare. And you have a devil that's trying to stop you from believing that. And every time you say it, the more convinced you are of it. What's it say over in Romans chapter 4? That Abram was what? Fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. How many want to see God's performance? you got to get fully persuaded. And everything we're talking about is how you get fully persuaded. Are you with me? Now notice what it says here. He says, our God uh, wilt thou not judge them we have no mind against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. Have you ever been there? What are we going to do? We don't know what to do. But, everybody say but, our eyes are upon thee. Well, you know what to do. You get your eyes on God. Amen? This says, And all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zachariah the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Manatna, a Levite of the sons of Ephat came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all of Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Now listen. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Now listen, listen. For the battle is not yours but God's. But the battle is not yours, but God's. That's where a lot of people, they, oh, they get all excited. Hallelujah. Praise God. We thank you, Lord. All right, let's go to the restaurant. A lot of people, I've heard people quote this scripture. Well, the battle is the Lord's. Well, the battle is the Lord's. Well, the battle is the Lord's. Well, you know, the battle is the Lord's. Well, really, when you hear that, In your spirit, the battle is the Lord's. It's not time to leave. It's time to stay and see what God has to say next. Because if the battle is the Lord's, that doesn't mean he's segregating you from the battle because it's your battle. That means he's getting involved in your battle. Oh, come on, church. That means he's taking possession of your battle. He's not dismissing you from the battle. Let me try that again. He's not dismissing you from the battle. He's including you in the victory. Amen. We'll see that in a minute. All right, Lord, we'll show them that in just a minute. They'll get real happy. <laughs> For the battle is not yours, but God's. And now notice the next verse, verse 16. Tomorrow. You're like, tomorrow? Tomorrow? But didn't you just say the battle was yours? Now you've included a tomorrow in there? Come on, church. That's the way a lot of people are. Tomorrow? You mean I've got to do something tomorrow? Yep. And Tuesday, too? Why, Tuesday, that's my that's when I watch my stories. <laughs> but the basketball playoffs are on. You mean that tomorrow? Tomorrow? Everybody say tomorrow. 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 Go ye down against him. Now wait a second, Lord. Didn't you say the battle is yours and now you're telling me to go down against them? Listen, if you don't go down against him, God can't go because he's with you. I said he's with you. So if you don't go down against him, God can't go because he's with you. Everybody say he's with me. Go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. Everybody say Ziz. It's an easy word. And you shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeruel. Now, God saying, okay, I'm beginning to impart unto you inside information. Now, if you'll listen to me, I'll give you the detailed strategy on how to do this. Now, there's always a strategy for defeat. Here was their strategy for defeat. All right. Man, that's a lot of people. Some Bible theologians said there might have been as many as a million people in that army. That's a big army. So they look out and say, well, you know, get the infantry, get the artillery, get the airborne, get the special forces, and we'll do our best. Let's prepare for the battle. Come on. That's the natural. What's going to happen? They're going to lose. Their infantry is going to get defeated. Their artillery is going to get defeated. Their special forces are going to. Why? The multitude was too big. There was too many. It was too big for them. Everybody say too big for them. Have you ever had anything in your life too big for you? A physical thing's too big for you. A financial problem, too big for you. You need God. I said, you need God. He said, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Now, wait a second, Lord. We do have some infantry. We do have some artillery. We do have some airborne. We do have some, we do have some, some special forces. No, but you shall not need to fight. Everybody say, not need to fight. So if you're not going to fight, what are you going to do? Somebody said it. If you're not going to fight, what are you going to do? If you're not going to fight, what are you going to do? You're going to worship God. I'll show you that in just a minute. You don't have to fight. What's God doing? He's setting them up for worship. You're no, you don't need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord will be with you. Now notice this, next verse, verse 18. And Jehovah, is the fact, bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. You say, what are they doing? They're doing what they're supposed to do, just like that's what you're supposed to do. Amen? Amen. I believe someone came up and we prayed, said cancer was trying to get back on their body today. Well, we've prayed. We've cursed it. It's done. You say, what do I do? You start worshiping God every day, every day, every day, every day. You worship God. You thank God for your healing. You rejoice in the God of your salvation. You thank God that you'll live and not die. You tell that cancer, you ain't living in my body. You're not coming around here the second time. In the name of Jesus, you stay away from me. Stay away from me in Jesus' name. You fight your fight. Your fight is in the arena of worship. Then you worship God. You thank God. You worship God. You thank God. You worship God. You thank God. You worship God. You say, "Well, I don't have time for that." You better make time. Amen. These are life and death issues in all of our lives. Yes. Amen. Verse nineteen. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the uh, the children of the the Levites, the children of the Kohathites. And the children of the Kohathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Now, here we go. Here's tomorrow. Tomorrow has come. Everybody say, tomorrow has come. They rose up early in the morning. They didn't sleep in. They rose up early in the morning and did just what God said. They went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. And believe your pastor, so shall you profit. They didn't have pastors back then, they had prophets. Believe your pastor, so shall you pro I'm not reading it, uh, pre-teaching you this because we got out of some guy's book or tape series. We have proved this in our lives over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Amen. Oh, it was about two years ago. Maybe it'd be three years this summer. Uh, the devil, he attacked Leah with something. I don't know what it was. It was terrible. She has been over in pain. We'd just come back from a, from, a, from a beach day, and we were at the point, Of leaving to go to the emergency room, we'd prayed, we'd bound the devil, we'd say in the name of Jesus, we believe we receive healing, and she's on the couch and she's just bent over and I'm like I'm I'm gonna have to take my wife to the emergency room, figure out what this is all about, and all of a sudden it just dawned on me, worship God, remember that Leah. I said, worship. so we just started, worship. I said, "I said, lift your hand, begin to worship God. She just lifted her hand, she began to worship. I began to worship, she began to worship, I began to worship. She began. We worshiped God about 15 minutes, and all of a sudden she turned around and she said, you know, I feel a little better. I said, let's just keep worshiping God. We worship God about another 10 or 15 minutes. And if you remember, she, you went and went upstairs and got in bed and went to sleep and woke up and fixed dinner that night totally healed. I don't know what that was, but it was so bad we were on our way to the emergency room. But worship got us the immediate answer. Are you with me? Now notice. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his ministers. So shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed, I love this. He appointed singers unto the Lord that they should praise the beauty of his holiness and they went out before the army to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And as they went and began to sing praise to the Lord, uh, begin to sing praise, the Lord sent ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir and utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sir, everyone helped to destroy another. Now, you've got to see this. You've got three massive armies. You've got Ammon and Moab, and you've got the inhabitants of Mount Sir. Now, you've got Israel, and they're coming out of Jerusalem. They're coming out of Jerusalem, and they're going to a particular location where these armies are gathered. Are you with me? You got the picture. Now, you would expect that in the front of this entourage coming out of Jerusalem would be horsemen, chariots, shields, spears, archers. Come on, church. And there's not. It's Frank and Roland and Glenn and Leah. Are you with me? And Miss Doris. It's, It's the praise team. Now something, something about the inhabitants of Mount Sur ticked off Ammon and Moab. It was an ambushment of the Lord. And they turned on the inhabitants of Mount Sir and slew them. Well, they got to hacking them up so fast and quick that they forgot to stop. Could you see, Can you see this? Hollywood's never produced anything like this. Some Moabite, some Ammonite said, that stinking guy up there, he's got my shoes on. I'm going to take his head off. So he goes up there and cuts his head off. And his brother says, you just cut my brother's head off. So he cuts his head off. And he says, you just cut my brother's head off. So he cut his head off. He said, hey, that was my favorite friend. So he stabbed him through the heart. And they said, no, that was my favorite friend. So he sta- and they just start whacking each other to pieces. And they're standing there going, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord... Come on, church. (laughs) Amen. That's what they're doing. Do you believe the Bible? And they literally hacked each other to death in front of a worship service. Glory to God. That kind of helps get rid of the fear, doesn't it? That kind of helps get rid of the problem. But it doesn't stop there. Now notice this. It says that when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies, precious jewels that they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in the gathering of the spoil because it was so much. Now, you know, we watch this, these programs and, you know, we see the, the, the men that go off to, to uh, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And you don't see them with a big chest of their family's jewelry, heirlooms, say, so, you know, get mama silver. You know, get, 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 get Uncle Bob's watch that he left. Mom, I need your wedding ring. Why? Where are you going? I'm going to Afghanistan. You're going to Afghanistan. you Don't you remember I joined the army? You know, I, I'm in the 82nd Airborne. We're being deployed to. Uh, so I need your watch. I, I need your wedding ring. I, I need the, the silver. I, I need. You'd think they were crazy. What are these people doing with jewels? What are these people doing with all of this stuff? Now, Not only that, obviously they were a plundering army that went around plundering cities and villages and stealing all their wealth. So they had all this stuff that they thought was theirs. Let me try that again. They had all this stuff that they thought was theirs. They had all this stuff that they thought were theirs because everyone they fought, fought them and lost. But now this group, they should have known something was up. They should have known something was up when a bunch of people come out singing. (laughs) A bunch of people come out singing songs instead of shooting arrows and throwing spears. They should have thought something's up here. They turn on each other. I wonder how long that took. Do not you ever meditate on the word and think these things? I wonder how long it took for for, for the Moabites and the Amorites to go up and slay the inhabitants of Mount Sarah and then get so caught up in that and and then just start killing each other. Why didn't somebody say, hey, (laughs) hey, we're killing each other. We just wiped out five divisions. Nobody said anything. Why? God sent ambushments against them. That means supernaturally in the unseen realm, there were angels in there doing that, striking them, motivating them, and they brought destruction. It poured in upon themselves. That's a spiritual principle. I'll teach you on that later. But then here comes Israel and Judah, and they're just the kind of the, we've just been worshiping God. Look over here. This guy has on five Rolexes. I don't think he'll be needing them anymore, do you? Look, look at the ruby on that guy's finger. Wow. Well, it's not connected to his hand anymore. I believe I would just take it, you know. But not that—that that would be one thing if you did that for a few hours. You know, a few hours and you had your pockets full, you know, some nice watches and rings and some gold and silver. And man, that was that, you know, I think I'll go to worship service next week. But the Bible says they were three days. Now, you've got them. That's why you need to meditate on the Lord. How much can you haul in three days? How much can you haul? Now, I know there, there, we've got young men that are strong in here and middle-aged men that think they're strong in here and, and then old men that, that, that know they're strong in here. Amen? But, but whoever you are and what your physical condition is, if you started at 1227 on Sunday and did not stop till Wednesday at 1227, how much could you haul off? Amen? Now, you say, well, that's, Pastor, now, that's a wonderful story in the Bible, and we love you for trying to teach it to us this morning, and it's, it's really nice, and, you know, that's, those are some really good points, and those are, but, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be real. You, you have to be practical. You know, I've got a, I've, I need $113, because my, my light bill is due, and it's already the 20th, and, uh. You know, that sounds good to me, but in reality, see now there's your problem right there. You live in the wrong reality. You live in the reality of your hundred and thirteen dollars. You live in the reality of your light bill. When God has given you this supernatural, all powerful word, that not only is the word pro- proclaimed from the book, it's also demonstrated out of its own ability. That that's why it's called the truth. No other book you can call the truth. There's no other book that's a demonstrating. it may supply information, but it cannot produce the power to back that information up. It's just information. But this book provides the information, then provides the power. What stands behind this book? If, we could, if our eyes could be open for a half a second to see what stands behind this book, then you take this story for what it meant, that God wants you to believe you receive then God wants you to worship. And in your worship, you become very vulnerable. You become transparent. You find out, actually, as my heart over the years has been revealed to God, that's one thing, but really what has amazed me is how it's been revealed to me. When God says, this is what your heart looks like. This is why you're having a problem because this is what your heart looks like. And I'm like, okay, Lord. But then you believe you receive. Then you begin to worship God. Out of it comes that vulnerability, that transparency. Out of it comes your obedience. Out of it comes your love. Out of it comes your sacrifice. And then you end up with what? You end up with the spoil. Amen. Not just the answer to your problem, but the spoil that faith will produce in your life. It's not just, God. well, I'll answer you. You need $113.26? Well, if I've got a penny around, I'll give you that because I got a quarter, but I don't have a penny. So you supply your own penny. See, that we think about, you know, God, that's not how God is. I like what one guy said one time. He said, most people are believing God to pay the light bill when the true will of God is for you to own the light company. See, our minds are not renewed the way they should be with the Word of God. But when they're renewed the way they should be by the Word of God and through the Word of God, then we hear stories like this. We see two things. We see, number one, God's ability in any circumstance. Everybody say, God's ability in any circumstance. Number two, we see His willingness Oh, my goodness. His willingness. I said his willingness to release his ability in any circumstance. Amen. You love the Lord? Lift your hands up and worship God. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name. Lord, we magnify. Now, let's let's take a moment and worship God. Come on. Let's just worship the Lord. Father, Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you. Father, we worship you. Lord God of heaven, we worship you. The same God of Jehoshaphat. The same God of all of those prophets that were in that story in 2 Chronicles. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The same God is our God. And we have a better covenant based on better promises. So, Father, we worship you today. We worship you today. We worship You today. We worship You today. We glorify Your name. We exalt You, Lord, for You are worthy. We exalt You, Lord, for You are worthy. We exalt You, Lord, for You are worthy. Thank You, Lord Jesus. 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 Thank You, Heavenly Father. Lord, we worship You. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. We worship you, Lord God. We glorify your name. We exalt you in this house today. How we glorify you. How we worship you, Father. How we worship you, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Now, the Word of God produces faith. But you must have faith in the Word of God to produce faith. Many times I'll just thank God for His Word. I'll worship God and thank Him for His Word. We don't don't really understand in in free America how valuable this book is. If you really understood how valuable that book is, you'd live by it. You'd hold it. You'd have it with you everywhere you went. You'd, You'd always have the Word with you. I've always got a Bible in my truck. Everywhere I go, there's the Word of God with me. And I begin to worship God. Say, Father, thank you for your word. You've given me your word. You're the God of your word. Your word is is truth. Your word is life. You watch over your word to perform it. Heaven and earth can pass away. But your word will never pass away. I worship you for your word, Lord God. I thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and life to me. I thank you, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word, Lord God. I thank you that your word does not return void, but it does accomplish that where to it is sent, and it prospers in the thing in which it was sent to Heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. Heaven and earth can pass away, but your word will never pass away. Forever, O Lord. Forever, O Lord. Your word is settled in heaven. Oh, I thank you. That means my salvation is settled. My healing is settled. My prosperity is settled. I worship you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I worship. See, if you'll just begin doing that, then you'll have more confidence. And when you see something in the Word, you think, well, that's the Word of God. I'll put that first place. Above all my problems, situations, I'll stand on the Word. Everything else around me will fall. Thank you, Jesus. There's some people in here that you desperately need to receive from God. You desperately need to receive from God. Let me say it again. I know this in my spirit as much as I know I'm standing here right now. You desperately need to receive from God. You're in a situation in life right now. You must have the provision of God. You cannot expect that what you're currently doing to get the job done for you. Because if it could, the job would have already been done. So you must make the adjustments. You must worship God. Thank you, Father. I do see that. I do see that. For even in your mind, the enemy has showed you another way. Another way. There's another way. You can go about this another way. You don't have to listen to that preacher. You don't have to spend all that time worshiping. You don't have to spend, there's, a, there's another way. Don't listen to the devil. Because that way will destroy you and draw you deeper into that situation. You need to come out. I said, you need to come out. You need to come out of that situation. You need to come out of that problem. You need to come out of that because it is designed to destroy you. But God is beckoning you to come out. How do you do that? You just begin to worship God. You believe you receive, you start worshiping God. You do it every day. You don't be lazy. You don't be stingy. You listen to God. You come out of what you're going through. And God says he'll deliver you and he'll deliver you with spoil. Did you hear that word? He says he will deliver you and he will deliver you with spoil. He will deliver you and he will deliver you with spoil. Say he'll deliver me. Say he'll deliver me. Say he'll deliver me and he'll do it with spoil. I mean, you're gonna get some stuff. I said you're gonna get some stuff. Oh, somebody ought to worship God. Somebody ought to worship God. Somebody ought to thank Him. Come on and thank Him, church. Come on and thank Him, church. Come on and thank Him, church. Oh, we worship You, Father. We glorify Your name. Oh, my goodness. Praise God. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.org.